0: We're going to read uh, James chapter 1 verses 2 to 8. It's going to appear on the screen. And I want you just to take in what's written and what he's saying. James says this in James chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. He gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must, not be- you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. What a way to start a letter, right? Eh? There's no sort of, how's the weather with you? Hope everybody's all right. He's straight in with, Consider it pure joys, my brother, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What an opening line. Basically, James is saying, delight in the tough times. Tough times will come, and when they come, we should see them as opportunity. Told you he was blunt, didn't I? And yet, in many ways, James hits the nail right on the head. Trials will come. And so the challenge to us as people who wish to follow Jesus is to see them as opportunities rather than the end of it and the end of life as we know it. And I guess if we're honest, there is a danger in sort of evangelical Christianity. That is those of us who believe Jesus to be who he said he is, who believe in his word, who believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. There is a danger that we delight in God changing lives, which is fantastic, isn't it? Some of the testimony we heard even last week as we were baptizing people, amazing stories of what God does. And we rejoice in that, but the danger is that it often leaves us with that limited ability to cope with the tough times. Because we actually think, well, you know, if God can do great things like that, then why are we in the circumstances we're in right now today? Surely we should find life treats us easier if we're in Christ, shouldn't we? That seems to make sense. But actually, Scripture seems to suggest otherwise. Because if we look back in scripture, we shouldn't be surprised when hardships come. Jesus never said it would be easy, and indeed, look at Good Friday, he didn't have a particularly easy time himself, did he? And yet, somewhere we end up with this nice, cosy idea, that come to Jesus and it will all be nice. In fact, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said this. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That's tough going. Peter writes, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. I love that. He goes, what do you think it's strange? Of course these things happen. And Paul says, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. But wait for it. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Do you know, I want to be like Christ. I want to follow him. I want to live like Christ. But then I've got this little grey area of the suffering bit as well. And I've got to be honest, it doesn't appeal as much as the glory bit, does it? And yet, it seems to be part of the package. But let's face it, struggles are part of life. And sometimes we find ourselves thinking that to live life without them would be more Christian. The Bible doesn't suggest that. And James doesn't suggest that. That's why James says, consider it pure joy when these things come, because perseverance can develop. It was the Great North Run last weekend. And hundreds of thousands, that might be an exaggeration, tens of thousands of athletes took place in that race. And if you are a runner, which I'm not, you may have noticed by my physique, but if you are a runner, a lot of runners talk of reaching the wall. Are you familiar with that? So they run so far in a race, and then they hit what they call the wall. It's when their body basically goes, are we really doing this? And it's that their body starts to go, I can't do this anymore. And the runners talk about that point where they break through the wall. And when they break through the wall, they can go on to complete the race. And you know, folks, as disciples of Jesus, it's not a lot different. Because Paul says that, James rather, says that actually this is part of the discipleship process. He says this, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Sometimes we need to break through that wall. Sometimes we need to know those athletes have belief in their body. They know that they can get through that and they'll be all right. And sometimes as Christians we reach those walls in life, those trials, those struggles, those difficulties. And we have to just trust and know that we have the strength to break through that wall and keep going in God's strength and in this power of the Holy Spirit. James writes, let's perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Sounds great, doesn't it? Mature and complete in Jesus, not lacking anything. And what a great promise we have, but what a way to get there. Because he says we should embrace it with joy. So the fact is that sufferings or trials will come. We know that life is not straightforward, and folks, I've got to break it to you. If you've had a straightforward life and you think it's been easy, I'm sorry, but give it a few years and it won't be. Something will come. I promise, it's part of life. Life throws up its trials and its struggles. And so what James calls for is a change of perspective. You know, as Christians, we can be of that. well, God gives us life and God gives us that glory. And then when the struggle comes, we go, I can't do that anymore. And yet what James says is, look at the perspective that comes. The perspective that comes. If trials are going to come, and they are going to come, then how should we approach them? What attitude do we need to those trials as they come? Well, first off, and I think this is really important, we need to realize that we're not exempt. You know, come to Jesus and everything will be nice and fluffy is a really dangerous way to bring people into faith. And actually not true, blatantly not true. We saw that in the verses we saw earlier. As Christians, we're not exempt from what life will throw at us. But as Christians, we are as susceptible as anybody else. And in many ways, it complicates it all the more because we have a faith and we have a belief that we then have to bring into line with whatever's going on in our lives. So when trials come, how are we going to approach them? Well, what's so important is we don't give up on God. When trials come, we need to know that the promises of God are true. So the God who says that he will never leave us, the God who says that he will always be with us, Jesus who said he will be with us till the end of the age, even as we reach that wall, he will still be with us and still be faithful. And James is basically saying, folks, see it this way. See these horrors, these trials, these sufferings as actually an opportunity for growth. And if I'm honest, I think, really, James? (laughs) Really? But you know, we sang it earlier, that new song. Did you see the line? We sang it a couple of times over. The greater the storm, the louder our song. You may have heard of A.W. Tozer, a great Christian writer. A.W. Tozer says this. Is my famous, my favorite quote from many famous quotes from him. He says, when we become Christians, we stop telling lies and we start singing them instead. <laughs> and I just wonder how much that's true. You know, the greater the storm the louder our song. But it's what James would say to us this morning. It's spot on for what we're looking at. Now look, I've known you a fortnight now. Can I confess something publicly this morning? Is it a safe place to do so? I'll find out, won't I? I am a caravanner. I said it. Are there any other caravanners in the house? Oh, praise the Lord, thank you. I am a caravanner, and now this is where those who've gone, yes, I'm united with you, John, these maybe start to jump ship now. Because honestly, I'm a bit of a lightweight caravanner. And what I mean by that is, if the sun is shining and the bacon's on in the, in anywhere on the site, I'm up for caravanning. Yeah? <laughs> then I see those pictures of caravanners on Christmas Day in the snow, and I'm why on earth would you do that? So actually, I am a caravanner, but I'm a lightweight caravanner. I pick and choose when I take my caravan out. If the weather's fine, I'm up for caravanning. Slightest bit of rain, I reconsider. And you know, I can do that as a caravanner. Eh? I can't do that as a Christian. But sometimes we're tempted to, aren't we? You know, when the sun is shining, then yes, I'm all up for Jesus. When the rain starts to come and the storms come, we've forgotten we're going to sing a louder song. And instead we think, are we really up for this? This isn't what I signed up for. And, you know, I think it's, it's more of an issue today than ever because we live in a disposable society which says, you know, use something until it doesn't seem to do what you want for it and then throw it out, upgrade it, move on to something else. Relationships, when they get difficult, we should just walk away from them. But faith is not a club we belong to. Faith is a living relationship with a living God who promises to be with us always, whatever comes. But, you know, if we're going to go through those struggles, and I've already outlined my belief that we are going to go through those struggles then it's so essential that we invest when the times are good that we can be prepared for when the times are bad. Those runners on that Great North race last week, they will have spent weeks and weeks preparing for it, knowing full well in full knowledge that when they hit the wall, they can get through it. And as believers, I believe it's the same. The biggest trauma I've ever faced in my life was in 2012 when Wendy, my wife, who's here this morning, was diagnosed with breast cancer. And a pretty extreme breast cancer at that. At two points in six months, we were told that she would probably not make it. And you can imagine it was the toughest experience of my life. And quite honestly, folks, in in that time, there were times when I knew God so close. And I also knew, knew God to be so distant. I wasn't sure he even existed anymore. But I do know that at those times, when I doubted God's even existence... I drew on what I'd deposited over many years previously. You know, I drew on what I knew of the character of God. I drew on what I'd known to be true in other people's lives. I drew on what I knew to be true from the Bible. And those things are what propelled me and kept me through that wall and kept us going. And I'm delighted to say that, obviously, Wendy's here alive and well this morning. And we're alive and well to enjoy life with her. But we experience the perseverance that James is talking about this morning. That whole gutsy faith that just keeps you going and going through all of that trauma. And you cling on to what you know to be true. You cling on to your brothers and sisters in Christ who come and support you. And goodness me, they supported us. We had so many lasagnas in that six months from the church. It was incredible. But what you cling on to is what you know to be true. And so there's a challenge in what we read this morning from James. He said that that struggles lead to perseverance, and that perseverance leads to us becoming mature and complete. That's a big question here. Am I mature and complete as a result of the trauma that we went through? And that's not a question I answer lightly either, but yes, I do believe that God redeemed much of that experience. And I know it shaped me, it shaped us as a family, it shaped my life, it shaped my understanding of who God is, it shaped my understanding of what life is and what life can throw at you. And God has been able to use that incredibly with other people as well. And I'd gladly talk with anybody afterwards who'd like to explore that with me a little bit more. But it's interesting that having talked about that challenge of persevering and that challenge of uh, treating these trials as pure joy... That James then goes on to say this in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. And Andrew, you should click the slide. That's the one. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. He gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. You know, what I think is a challenge here is that it's not about praying that our challenges go away necessarily. But how often do we do that? How often do we pray that God would take from us the trials that are there? And maybe sometimes that's right. But maybe sometimes actually God is saying, do you know that trial's there that I might grow you as well? And I don't say that lightly. I don't like that idea. But I believe it's there in Scripture as well. So instead maybe of praying it to go away, we should instead ask God for, for wisdom, and we should ask God himself for that wisdom. Because you see, wisdom isn't just what we know. Wisdom is actually that ability to apply it as well. Wisdom is hitting those walls as that runner and knowing full well that you get there, but actually being wise enough to know that you have to keep going in order to get there. It's the ultimate just do it. It's that God-given understanding that we can apply what we believe into some real difficult situations. Of course, as we prepare to plant in Bodmin, it's what we're praying for. Such wisdom to know the timings of that. Such wisdom to know where to do that. Such wisdom to know what angle we should have as we do that. And we can know all sorts about the town of Bodmin, but we also need to know God's wisdom and how we apply that into that situation. That applies to every aspect of our lives. And so we look to the character of God. And that's what James reveals here as well. He reveals a God who gives generously to all without finding fault. See it there? He gives generously to all without finding fault. You've got to love that line, haven't you? He doesn't go, oh John, what are you doing asking for wisdom again? I can't believe it, you're back here again. He gives wisdom to all without finding fault. It's not a critical God, but a loving Father who gives generously. And it's a promise. James is adamant that if we ask, God will give. So do we ask? Who we ask. The question we should ask ourselves then is where do we run to for wisdom? Do we run to Google or do we run to God? Who are we looking for to answer those challenges of life? Google or God? Because you know, finally, James has a warning for us. He says when we ask, we mustn't doubt, we mustn't be double minded. That double-mindedness that he refers to here, I don't think is simply the struggle with doubts that we have. I've been honest this morning, I told you, I struggle with doubts. I think it's part of faith. I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I think the doubt that he's referring to here, this double-mindedness, is more of a one that doubts who God is, and therefore doubts whether you can ask him in the first place. Or in other words, this is not faith when you feel like it. This is not the lightweight caravaner who goes, Well I'll only go out if the sun is shining. This is the caravaner who goes, Snow, bring it on. This is the people who go, I know who God is. Because if we're going to face trials, if we're going to face suffering and as I've said already, I suggest we are, then we need to know who God is. We need to know that we can ask confidently of a God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Which leads us to a question, where are we at this morning? Because inevitably we'll all have areas of our lives that we might class today as trials. There's a family situation, relationship situation, work situation, just doing life situation. And I think James would say to us this morning, how are we approaching them? Are we coming to them as opportunities? Or are we seeing them as complete disasters? That even God couldn't see us through. And as we approach those things, as we face those things, who are we crying out to? Are we Googling them or are we asking God? Are we asking God for wisdom, knowing that he is faithful? Knowing the promise of scripture here, James says, that he will give. As that wisdom as we ask for it. Who are we crying out to? James says the trials will come. It's how we respond to them that makes all the difference.